Blog Talk Radio. Hey everyone, this is Sean Cleveland with Regeneration X. And I pray I find you doing well and being blessed in the Lord. That our King is being glorified in your life as well as in mine. For He is Lord. And I come today to honor Him in all things. Amen. So today I want to talk about shame. There are many of us who are feeling ashamed, disgraced over a great many things. Some of us are feeling shame that doesn't belong to us. We've gone through things that we have no control over. Things that have hurt us, have wounded us. We've been through situations where people intentionally harmed us. And there's incidents that we did things that weren't right. We may even had good intentions, but we went the wrong way. Or unfortunately, we maybe had bad intentions and did something disgraceful. Out of anger, out of spite, out of jealousy. We committed acts that were shameful. And now we're dealing with the shame. So, the true true living God. And you're dealing with these things in your spirit. I've been wounded in my life, even as a child, and the, the thoughts that came into my mind, and there were times I would get real angry and want to take revenge, even as an adult, even as a man of God, and I would stop and think, and I would feel ashamed that I couldn't take revenge on those who who hurt me, who did me wrong. But then I look at things that I I did wrong, mistakes I've made, bad choices, and I felt ashamed, weak, cowardly. And I've learned to deal with these things through the power of the Spirit, through the Word, by the blood of the living, true living Messiah, who is Yeshua Jesus, by the power of my Father. And I work in in the mental health field. I work with people who deal with bipolar, schizophrenia, and ADHD, different mental health issues, and I help counsel them. And a lot of times their stories are just so heartbreaking and powerful, and they feel such shame. And I even help other people that I know being a counselor, board certified counselor, I, I help friends as well as family in, in counseling. And I'm thinking of a particular friend I have and I met her probably over ten years ago in, in church and I could tell how quiet and timid she was and we became friends. 
we still are friends. And one day we were discussing some things and she started sharing about her family. And then she shared a story that uh, broke my heart as she started crying and she was sharing that when she was a teenager, she was out walking and a stranger came up behind her, grabbed her and pulled her off to an area where nobody else was and sexually assaulted her. She uh, made it home and told her parents what had happened, expecting her parents to call the police, take her to the hospital. But her parents just told her never to speak of the incident again. They didn't take her to the hospital, get checked out. They didn't inform the police that there was a rapist out there. They just didn't want to hear about it again. So 20 years later, here we are, and she's feeling all this shame over the assault. And it has caused her great stress, caused her mental health issues. And she just she just doesn't know why it happened and why she's having such a hard time dealing with it. But she was young and she didn't get her family support. And she shared with me how her family her parents dealt with issues. They just didn't want to talk about it. It was kind of where they came from and, and their upbringing. Their family members had issues and everybody was supposed to not talk about it. So now here they are. They have a family. When their family has issues, like with her daughter's assault, they just don't want to talk about it. So she's been left to deal with this on her own. And we started talking about this just yesterday I was talking with her and I told her the shame is not yours. The shame belongs to the man who attacked you. You did not agree to it. You were not at fault for it. The shame is on him. And I know there's many of you out there hurting and you have a lot of shame on you. You've lost things, you've lost family members, you've been hurt, and you're trying to hold on to the Lord. And you know the shame is not yours. It's time we all gave it to the Lord because he died for our shame. And we know it's the work of the enemy who wants to bring us down, who wants to our destruction, but we must hold on to the Lord because in him we are set free. In him we are restored. And I'm sure most of us are familiar with the man Job in the scriptures and how much he suffered. And his shame was not his. And he realized that. He suffered a lot because First, the Lord didn't bring it, but he allowed the enemy, Satan, to try Job. 
and return to the second chapter of Job. I'm going to start reading in verse 7. And what has happened here that the sons of God, the angels, have all come before the Holy Father in heaven. And Satan comes and him and the Father have a discussion about Job. And the Lord knows that Job is a righteous man who always honors him. And he knows Job as a man who will endure trial for the sake of the Lord. And so Satan says, if you take that hedge of protection off him, let me have my way. I'm paraphrasing. Satan believes that Job will fall and turn on the Lord. And the Lord allows Satan to attack Job. He tells him, you can do what you want to, but you cannot take his life. So I'm going to start reading verse verse 7, Job chapter 2. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and struck Job with painful boils from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head. And he took for himself a pot shard with which to scrape himself while he sat in the midst of the ashes. Then his wife said to him, Do you still hold fast to your integrity? Curse God and die. But he said to her, You speak as one of the foolish women speak. Shall we indeed accept good from God? And shall we not account uh, not accept adversity? And all this Job did not sin with his lips. So if you know the story of Job, Satan attacked him with memorials. Uh, he destroyed all of his livestock. He was very wealthy. Uh, he, he lost servants. All his children were killed by Satan by using natural disasters and attacks. And so here he is. He's suffering physically from these boils. His, all his children are dead. His wealth is pretty much gone. And he could come succumb to the shame. His wife even says, do you still hold on to your integrity? And she is shaming him. That is what's happening in that verse. His own wife, instead of supporting her husband, I understand. She lost everything because her children are dead. The wealth is gone. She's watching her husband suffer. And now she's angry at God. And she tries to shame Job into cursing the Lord himself. Do you still hold fast to your integrity? Curse God and die. She wants him to curse the Lord and then die also. And she's trying to put the shame on him. This man has done nothing wrong. The enemy saw him and desired to have him and to destroy him. And tried to bring shame to him. Tried to make him disgraced and feeling that he had done something wrong. Then his wife comes up and she tries to shame him into cursing God and dying. And if you know the story of Job, he never ever cursed God. He questioned God and it's understandable. He was going through a lot. He had to bury his children. He lost his wealth. He was in physical pain. And and so he started 
questioning God, and God let him go on for a while before he corrected him and stopped him. But Job maintained, and he held on to the Lord, never cursing him, never turning his back on the Lord. And when Satan saw that and he gave up, the Lord gave back to Job double his wealth, double his health, double his amount of children he had lost. He blessed him again. And Job did not receive the shame that the enemy tried to bring upon him, and nor did he accept the shame that his wife was trying to put on him. The enemy may be doing things in your life. You may have lost a lot of things. You may have been like my friend who suffered an assault, and it, there was nothing she could do about it. And you may have lost children, and maybe they've actually passed on or they've turned away from you and they tried to shame you and maybe uh, you went through a bad divorce and uh, I have a friend going through issues of a divorce and the husband is trying to shame her and has turned the children they have against her and the shame she's feeling right now and suffering and you may be going through that shame yourself right now and you're thinking, why, God, what, why did you do this to me? The Lord is not the one who did it. Yes, we make mistakes. And yes, people do attack us and try to shame us. As with Job, the enemy came, and then his wife came. And they both came into his moment of despair, and they tried to shame him as much as possible. Are you dealing with that now? Are you in a situation, a circumstance? Maybe, it, like my friend, it's something that happened to you when you were young. When I was younger, I felt unloved. I felt abandoned. I felt my own family didn't want anything to do with me. I was the black sheep. I never did anything wrong to anybody, but I was the one who was always put down talked about, mistreated. I didn't get the love my brothers and sisters got. My parents divorced. My father was an alcoholic. He didn't come around a lot. My mom was angry a lot, and I suffered under that anger. Even my siblings got in on the act and mistreated me and caused a lot of shame in me, which led to a lot of anger was led to me drinking a lot, getting into a lot of street fights. And it was all about the shame. I was trying to beat down the shame. But the Lord has showed me it's not your shame to have, Sean. You did nothing wrong. But the enemy saw my destiny in the Lord, and I believe that the enemy truly desired to destroy me, which he does for all of humanity. We know we have the adversary out there who hates us with a great hate, a grotesque hate, who will try us, who will ask the Lord for us. He asked our Messiah and Luke for for Peter. Yeshua told Peter that Satan has asked for you. He desires to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you. And the Lord is still praying for his people. 
as he sits at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us. For the enemy will come against us as maybe coming against you now, and other people may be coming to shame you, whether it be body shaming, you know, oh, you're overweight or you're too skinny and people making remarks or you eat too much or you look sick because you're so skinny and they just try to shame you. It's a a great thing that happens. I don't mean great by good, but it's a huge matter of, of shaming going on on social media. There are young people out there especially that are being uh, shamed and bullied on Facebook and on Twitter, Instagram, whatever they use. Even in online gaming, they're being bullied and shamed. And I've seen stories of children as young as eight being bullied and committing suicide. An eight-year-old child, I believe it was an eight-year-old girl recently I saw that killed herself over the shaming that she received from people. Then I read about a teenager who was sexually assaulted in high school and shamed and the teachers didn't even report it to her parents and she went home and she lived in an apartment building. She went to the roof and she jumped off and took her own life because of the shame. It's a lie from the enemy. He wants your life to end. He wants to take your life. Yeshua Jesus said, I came to give you life and give it in abundance. But the enemy desires to destroy us all. And we have to be watchful over that. Do not let the lies of the enemy or the, the tricks of the enemy using people to come against you or using your own faults to destroy you. First off, the people come and hurt you. The shame is on them, and, and on them. And secondly, you may have done things wrong, and we all have. But give it up to the Lord. Correct what you can correct. Make amends with anybody you've hurt. It may be a hard deal, but you have to because the enemy will use it to destroy you. Do not take your life. Suicide is not an answer. It's a false lie because what happens when you take your own life, you momentarily escape the pain, but then there's eternity where you have to stand before the Lord in judgment. And when he judges you, it's for eternity. So you replace temporary pain for eternal judgment when you commit suicide. You escape nothing, but you can end up condemning yourself to eternal pain. But upon this earth, and we need to, as a people of God, his ecclesia, the citizens of the kingdom, his church, we need to be more focused on healing each other, helping one another, as well as reaching out to the lost and bringing them unto salvation and helping them heal by the power of his word and his spirit. We have to help each other in our sufferings, in our faults, in our failures. And you may be thinking, okay, Job understands me. He he went through a lot of pain and shame. But the Lord, he cannot understand. He cannot understand the pain and the shame. That's not true. He understands it better than any of us. He bore all 
of our sins. He was naked upon that cross. He was beaten, tortured. Unspeakable things were done to him in public. But he endured that shame for our sake. In Hebrews chapter 12, starting at verse 1, scriptures say, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by such great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, all, snares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. Our Messiah endured a lot. He endured it because the word says for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. What was the joy set before him? He saw us coming to him. He saw all those who were lost. All of humanity, he looked at us. And he knew what he was doing would bring salvation into a lost world. And there would be those who would accept that salvation and come to him. And he would present them to the Father present them to the Father as an offering. He was the firstborn of many brethren, the scriptures say. And because he saw me, and he saw you, and he saw all those who would come unto salvation, and brought him such great joy that he was willing to endure all that shame. He despised the shame, but he loved us, and it brought him great joy. And so he endured and he pressed on. We have to look at the joy knowing that we will see people come to the Lord through our testimony and how we persevered. The people's lives will be changed by the testimony of Sean and everyone else out there listening. Your shame will be turned into a great tool of salvation. You have to endure the race, run the race, that is set before us. And when we feel weak, look to Jesus. Look to Yeshua, knowing that he endured for us, so we will endure for his glory and for the glory of the Father and for the salvation of the lost and for the healing of those who are being shamed like we have endured. Because we have a high priest in Yeshua who understands, who sympathizes, no empathizes with us because he's been through that shame. He was rejected by an entire nation. His own family rejected him. His disciples, except John, ran from him. And he 
sat there on that cross naked and beaten and bloodied and bruised before his own weeping mother. And those he came to save mocked him, tortured him, stabbed him with a spear. And this all happened in plain view of everyone. He was naked and not ashamed because he loved us that much and he still loves us and he's still interceding for us. Lay the shame down. Find those who can minister to you in love and in the power of the Holy Spirit and be healed. Even today I say be healed. Lay the shame down. It's not yours. If you're his son, if you're his daughter, if you're a child of the Most High God, Yahweh, then he has sent his son, Yeshua, to take upon all that shame, guilt, and sin. And he died, and he laid that sinful nature in a tomb. And he rose again in the newness of life. But that sin did not come out of that tomb. The resurrected Savior did. And when he came out of that tomb that day, the graves of those who had been faithful, their graves opened too. And they came out. And they are in paradise with the Master. Your time is coming where you will no longer have to feel any pain, shame, or guilt for all those who believe. We will have eternity and peace with our Lord. But now is a time of healing, a time of endurance and perseverance, knowing that there is an enemy out there who desires to destroy us and take our lives. He is shaming us, and he has people who uses he uses to try to shame us. But we have an all-powerful God who loves us, who gave his son as a perfect sacrifice for our sins and has given us of his most holy spirit. And he has given us his word, his covenant with us. The shame is not yours. Be free from the shame. Correct what you can correct. And give what you cannot correct to the Lord. For in him, we find salvation, not only for our eternal and mortal spirits, but we find, find salvation from the things that hurt us, that wound us, from our own faults. He can cleanse us and heal us of all things. And he will work through people. He will work by the power of his spirit and his word, by the blood of the Lamb of God, by his word as he speaks it, it shall be. He is our healing, not just in the body, but in our minds, our souls, our spirits. He is complete healing. The shame is not yours.
So let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. Endure. Run the race. Be healed. Lay hold of the joy of salvation in your life and the life of others who will come to salvation through your testimony. You are set free. You are healed. No more shame. Amen. This has been Sean Cleveland with Regeneration X. God bless. I love you. As always, you can find me on Facebook, Sean Cleveland. You can email me at regenerate307 at yahoo.com. No more shame, my brethren. No more shame. I love you. The Lord loves you. Be blessed. Amen.